you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Amen. If you have your Bibles today and would turn with me, I would like to get into the Word of the Lord. First John, the fourth chapter. And I want to see what the Lord is going to speak to us. I felt definite direction late yesterday evening last night and felt God speaking directly to me regarding what I'm going to preach into your hearing this morning. First John chapter 4 and verse number 7. How many of you, before I get into reading the word of the Lord, let me just ask a question to you this morning. How many of you ever have situations in your life that you dread dealing with? You know you got to face it, but you dread it. You dread it because of uncertainties. You dread it because you're unsure of the outcome. You dread it because you are fearful, maybe fearful of failure, maybe fearful that the outcome will not be the way you expected it. I want to preach to you for a little bit this morning. First John chapter 4 verse 7, beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. For God is love. Verse 18 There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in Love. For God is love, and perfect love casts out fear. By the help of the Lord this morning, I, I want to preach to you overcoming the spirit 
of fear. Overcoming the spirit of fear. I, I chose because I know they put these titles on our websites and podcasts. And I didn't want somebody to grab a hold of this and run somewhere with it this morning. And so I actually changed my title just before I sent it. I actually sat with my cell phone in hand about 15 minutes before service before I sent over my title to Sister Shauna this morning to be able to make the slide. And I've chosen to stay with the title Overcoming the Spirit of Fear. But if I said it like I really feel it in my spirit this morning, I'm going to say it like this. Casting out the spirit of fear. Casting out the spirit of fear. Lord, I need your help this morning. Let your presence sweep over this congregation. Let every heart, every life, every mind that is tormented with fear, every addiction that is rooted in fear, every constant battle that wars in the mind and in the spirit, I pray this morning that there is a breakthrough in the spirit today. And that your perfect love sweeps into this house today and drives out the spirit of fear. And that those who came in under the load leaves in victory this morning by the power of your love. We give you honor and praise and glory and adoration because, God, your presence is already in the room. And your love is already here today, already working we thank you in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. On March the 4th, 1933, Franklin D. Roosevelt took the oath of office and became the 32nd president of the United States of America. At that point, America was at the economic bottom of the Great Depression. Only a few in the room this morning would remember those days. America was on the bottom financially. Banks were collapsing everywhere. More than half of the industrial production of our country had literally disappeared overnight. Unemployment had risen to 25%. When Roosevelt became president, one out of every four Americans were out of work and had no hope of finding employment. Entire families had lost everything they owned, including their farms and their houses. More than two million Americans were homeless on the streets. In his inaugural address, Franklin D. Roosevelt made a statement that challenged the nation when he said, this great nation will endure as it has always endured. And it will revive and it will prosper. And then he made a statement that changed the face of America and challenged 
the American people in a way that they had not been challenged but perhaps needed to be challenged when he said the only thing that we have to fear is fear itself. Ladies and gentlemen, I come this morning to speak to you on overcoming the dreaded spirit of fear because fear will destroy you. Fear will hold you hostage like nothing else. Fear eats away at our faith like cancer eats away at its victims. It continues to grow until it chokes out the ability of a believer to believe any longer or trust any longer. And Satan begins to speak his doubt-filled lies into the ears and hearts and minds of God's people. Fear seems to be the mantra of our world today. People control people by fear. Fear tactics seem to be prevalent in our world. Fear of terrorism, which is the point of terrorism altogether. Fear of contaminated food. Fear of exotic germs. Fear of climate change. Fear of pesticides. Fear of unusual diseases. Fear of school shootings. Fear of heartless murders and selfish political fearmongers dividing friends and family for personal gain by creating fake news that is filled with fear. Fear of cancer, fear of heart disease, fear of the system, fear of identity theft. And I could go on and on. It's fear, fear, fear. Everywhere we turn, there is some form of fear. Every form of media seems to progress much more quickly when it is bringing frightening news that strikes fear in the hearts of the listeners and viewers. It is exactly the package that Satan is offering the people of God. It is the fear package. He knows that if he can ever get through so that fear will rule in your life, the fear factor will cripple you and prevent you from being able to move forward. Fear will hinder. Fear will cripple. Fear will keep you from being able to function. It is exactly Satan's greatest tactic against the people of God. Can I just insert here that the only thing that combats fear and the only thing that helps build our faith against fear is the preached Word of God. For the preaching of the Word of God has a purpose. The Bible itself says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. 
any way that the devil can prevent you from being in the presence of God, from hearing preaching, from receiving preaching. He knows that he is, in, is removing you from the very thing that fights the fear factor of your daily life. There is simply no substitute for a man of God declaring into your life, thus saith the word of God. It is the only thing that will sustain you in the midst of a fear-filled storm. You need the preached word of God. It cannot come across with anger. It cannot come across with with malice and it cannot come across with fear but it must come forth with the love of God and when the preached word of God is coupled with the love of God there is no devil in hell that will ever be able to stand against it because perfect love casteth out all fear I come to declare to you today that fear cannot exist in the presence of God. Our text this morning in the 8th verse said, For God is love. The 18th verse says, Perfect love casteth out all fear. So if God is love, and if perfect love casteth out all fear, then fear cannot dwell in the presence of God. So where the presence of God is, there will be the absence of fear. So every time you're plagued with fear, all you need to do is call on the name of the Lord because where the presence of God is fear cannot exist when you're crippled by fear you need to speak the name that is above every name when fear comes into your life you need to speak the name of Jesus because his love comes on the scene and when the love of God shows up fear has to go out the door because fear cannot dwell at the same location that the love of God dwells. I come this morning to remind you, speak the name that brings the love of God on the scene and fear has to flee. Now somebody give the Lord a shout of praise this morning. So we know that fear is not of God. And we know that fear is the opposite of love. Fear is not the opposite of faith. Fear is not the opposite of faith. Fear is the opposite of love. So when someone is afraid, they don't just need faith to believe, but they need love to believe. I hope you get this this morning. The documented reality of our day is that even among ordinary children, the psychiatrists say that children today are more fearful than psychiatric pa patients of the 1950s. There is a rather subtle fallout from all of this fear. I'm concerned that we may be missing a truth that God went to great lengths to articulate so clearly to us a truth that has certain 
eternal consequences for all of us. Fear is not the will of God. God doesn't want us to be fearful. God doesn't bring fear into your life. Nor does he bring confusion into your life. I feel the spirit of ministering to somebody today. Fear is not the will of God. God doesn't bring fear into your life. Perfect love casts out fear. God drives fear out. Love is not of God. Read 1 John chapter 4. Just read it today when you get home. And you're going to see that there's no way. All God wants to do is bring love into your life. That drives fear out of your life. Fear is not the will of God. God hates fear. He says in his word, he'll not let you into heaven with fear. He'll not allow you into heaven with unbelief. Without faith, it is impossible for you to please God. I heard someone say, as our awe of God grows, our fear of life will diminish. The truth is, as that we allow things that cause fear into our life to diminish our view of the Lord. I could take you to passage after passage of Scripture and could show you in the Scripture where that fear got in the way of faith. Fear got in the way of our vision of seeing the Lord. I see in the New Testament there is a story of where the disciples were on a boat and a great storm came and the Apostle Peter sees what at first he and the other disciples thought it was. It was a ghost that was walking on the water. And then that ghost that they thought they saw because of fear, see, fear plays tricks on your mind. Fear causes you to see things that aren't there. Fear will even cause you, when God comes on the, on the scene, to believe that it's something else. They thought perhaps it was the death angel. They thought perhaps it was a ghost that was coming. And here they are in the middle of the storm. And they began to cry out. But Peter said, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come unto you. And the Lord tells Peter to come. He gets out of the boat and begins to walk on the water. The scripture said that then when Peter saw the waves, everybody say, fear got him. He saw the waves, he became fearful. Instead of keeping his eyes on Jesus, he let fear get in the way. He saw the storm, he saw the waves. Instead of looking at Jesus that had bid him to come out of the boat, and now all he sees is the problem. Now all he sees is the trouble. Anybody with me this morning? Because in the middle of our storm, if we're not careful, all we'll do is get our eyes on the storm. We'll get our eyes on the waves. We'll get our eyes. We'll become victims. We'll, when God sends help to us, we'll think it's a death angel. When God sends hope to us, we'll think we're about to die. Because that's what fear will do. I wonder what the psalmist meant when he said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I 
fear. In other words, God will turn the light on and he'll be your savior in everything. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He said, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do unto me. I'm trying to get through to somebody this morning to not be afraid, to not fear, to not live in the anxiety that fear brings. But because fear is the absence of God, we cannot afford to be afraid. Of course, all of us deal with moments of fear. All of us deal with moments when we become afraid. But we cannot live in fear. God allowed fear as one of the, one of the re- results of things that happen around us. Fear kicks in our adrenaline. It's fear that causes people to be able to respond. It's the fear that causes the flight. It's how we're built. It's how God created us. But it is only to last for a moment, and it is to bring about change in our life. Hear me today. The fear that you feel in your life is calling you to change. It's calling you to rapid movement. That's the purpose that God allowed fear into your life. He doesn't bring fear into your life for you to sit down, lay back, relax and say, I'll take it as it comes. But he puts fear into your life to call you into action, to call you into sudden movement. That is why he gave us the emotion of fear. When fear hits, then we ought to move. We've got to respond. We know something's not right. Something's calling me into action. Something is calling me into movement. Fear ought to be but for a moment and then the presence of God ought to be where we run to and when we run into the presence of God, His Spirit and His power and His love will cast out the spirit of fear. So every time you feel fear in your life you need to immediately say, oh, This is my call to prayer. If you're in bed at midnight and you become afraid, it is my call to prayer. I got a call on a name that ushers in a presence. And the love of God that passes all understanding comes on the scene and his love will drive out fear. Whatever you're dealing with, you need the presence of God to overcome it. Some of you are fearful of failure because you're trying to do it by yourself. Some of you are fearful of your addiction. You feel fearful of your past. You're fearful of what God is calling you to do. I'll tell you why. Because you're trying to do it without the presence of God. You need to know that God will be with you. You can kick the addiction, but you got to get up and run into the presence of God. you got to run from where you are to where He is. You, you can't kick back and say, I'll get there someday. you got to run. That's what fear causes. Fear ought to cause you to run. You're not running from fear. Look at your neighbor and tell them, don't run from anything. Don't run from anything. You run to something. You don't run from it. You run to the presence of God. 
you run to wherever you can get in touch with God because when you get in touch with God, His perfect love will cast out all fear. If you're afraid of something, God's not afraid of what you're afraid of. When He came walking on the water and the disciples were afraid, the first words that came out of his mouth was, be not afraid, it is I. Anytime that the Lord comes on the scene, his first words is, be not afraid. When the diagnosis comes and strikes fear in your life, the presence of God will show up and say, be not afraid. I wish I had some believers in the house. He wants you to know this morning that he is not in the fear-giving business. He's in the business of casting out fear. And he doesn't want you living in fear. Here's John's thoughts about the subject of fear. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out all. Everybody say all. All fear. The absence of love creates fear and undermines faith. Fear literally sabotages faith. Fear smothers faith. Fear destroys faith. And a lot of people say, man, this fear thing, I just need to get more faith. No. You need less fear. We put the, we put the responsibility on ourselves to get more faith. God is not telling you to get more faith. As a matter of fact, his scripture said that just a mustard seed of faith could move a mountain. He said if you have faith as of a grain of mustard seed, that you can speak to the mountain and it will be removed. You don't need more faith to overcome fear. You just need the presence of God. Now, I could blow up a lot of theology that we've heard over the years. And I could say a lot of things this morning and blow some people's minds with a few little scriptures that I could throw in here. But I'm going to tell you that when the scripture says, where the presence of the Lord is, there is liberty, was not given to us to cause you to run the aisles. But it's all right if you do. But that scripture was given to us for a whole different purpose. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, the confining restraint of fear cannot exist. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom from fear. There is lack of restraint. 
there is an openness because you have nothing to be afraid of in the presence of God. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in, in, in. You know what condemnation is? It is the fear and the guilt that comes along with our past. Oh, somebody's about to take a lap around here and that somebody may be me because when we get a real understanding of what I'm telling you this morning, there is therefore now no fear of our past when we are in Christ Jesus because when you're in him you're in his perfect love and when you're in his perfect love all fear is cast out therefore I live a life of freedom not because I'm perfect but because his love is present oh somebody ought to give the Lord a shout of praise this morning There's none of us that's going to make it to heaven accidentally. If we make it to heaven, it's going to be because we got there intentionally. It won't be easy. It's going to be a battle. But I want to tell you that just because somebody is saved doesn't mean that nothing ever happened to them. It doesn't mean they were never hurt. It doesn't mean they were never pushed down. It doesn't mean they were never affected by the blows of the enemy. Knocked down, cast down, forsaken. It doesn't mean that they never suffered sickness or setback or trouble or trial. It simply means that they took it all and they overcame it. The purpose of my message this morning is because I am preaching to a select group of people that need to hear the word of the Lord this morning that live with fear crippling your possibilities. Fear is crippling your productivity. Fear is crippling your home. Fear is crippling your relationships. Fear is crippling your marriage. Fear is crippling your finances. You're afraid to give. You're afraid to try God. You're afraid to take a step of faith. Fear can cripple your ministry. Fear can cripple your possibilities. I'm preaching to some people this morning that have allowed fear to rule your life since you were a child. And yes, you've walked with God and you have moments that you're not living in fear. But it seems like fear always comes back. That's because you're not staying close enough to the presence of God. I'm telling you, the enemy will always fight. Sickness is going to come. Disappointments will come. Frustration will come. But every time it comes, you need to run. Every time you feel fear, you need to run to him. You don't need to walk. You don't need to, to think about it. You need to run. You need to have a predetermined thought in your mind. The next time I feel fear, I'm running to the presence of God.
the next time I feel fear overcoming me, I'm running to where God is. I'm running to the house of God. I'm running to prayer. I'm running into worship. I'm not waiting. I'm not walking. I am running because God put fear in me to cause me to run. He put fear so it would be flight. My natural response to fear is to run to the presence of God. Folks that have been successful living for God have learned to swallow life's hardships. They have endured friend-induced pain. Some have even endured church troubles, church hurt, and they've overcome it to keep going because they've kept the prize in sight. They know that the promise is greater than the trouble. The Bible said that they overcome it, and that is a prerequisite of heaven or hell. In the book of Revelation, it gives us very clear scripture that they overcame the world. There are things they had to overcome. You, in order to be successful living for God, are going to have to learn to overcome it. Your addiction, you've got to overcome it. Your insecurities, you're going to have to overcome them. The hurt of your past, you're going to have to overcome it. It's getting real in here right now. The things where you have failed in your past, you have got to overcome it. I'm in the Holy Ghost this morning. Uh, If you're bold enough in faith, why don't you look at your neighbor right now and tell them you've got to overcome it. Come on, tell them. Look to the person on the other side and tell them you must overcome it. Go ahead, tell somebody. Tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them. You must overcome it. There's some things you've got. I know some of you just looking at me with a smile on your face. That's because you're too afraid to even look at your neighbor and tell them by the word of God you can overcome it. The spirit of fear just grabbed you and caused you to not respond with a word of faith. You can overcome it this morning. Now somebody ought to get some faith. Somebody ought to get some courage and declare I will overcome my fear. Some are too afraid to worship, too afraid to respond, too afraid of what somebody's going to think, too afraid of what somebody's going to say. You need to get in the presence of God. Run to his presence. Get out of fear. There's a little short verse in the book of Psalms that speaks about David. And in the midst of horrifying family and kingdom turmoil, David just said, God is for me. (laughs) If you could get that this morning, fear would begin to dissipate. If you could understand God's not against you, God is for you. If you could understand the church is not against you, the church is for me. 
If you could just understand. I had somebody last night ask me, can I come back to church? It's been a long time. It's been eight years. Can I come back to church? I broke down and began to weep. And I felt convicted. And I thought, "Am I? is my life speaking something that would cause somebody to feel like they even have to ask if they could come back to God? You don't have to ask a man if you can come back to God. You need to get up from where you are and quit letting fear rule you. And you need to run back to God. Run back into his presence. Let fear drive you back to the place where fear can no longer exist. Oh, could you tell your neighbor God's on your side? Even when everything is shaking, God is still on your team. God is not against you. God is for you. Whatever it takes, God will be with you and you can overcome it. Because when God is with you, fear cannot exist. If fear is there, you need to get God with you. Because when God is with you, His love will cast out all fear. Somebody this morning ought to begin to respond with faith today and declare, I know I've I've allowed fear fear to rule my life. I've allowed fear to control me. I've allowed fear to affect me. And I will no longer from this moment forward allow fear to cripple me, to hinder me, to keep me from moving forward. The word of the Lord is coming forward today. Somebody ought to get up on your feet and begin to shout unto the Lord. I'll run to your presence. I'll run to where you are. I'm running to you this morning. Come on, you need some Some faith needs to arise in the house. The presence of the Lord is here today. There's some people in this room that need to run into the arms of God this morning. You need to run to a place of safety. You need to run to where he's at. You need to get in the house of God. Get in the presence of the Lord. You need to run to where he is. His presence is here. In his presence is fullness of joy. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casteth out all fear. God is in the house and where his presence is fear can exist come on somebody ought to run to him this morning God's with you God's for you Come on, you can get up from your situation. You can get up from your situation this morning. You can run. You can run. Don't let the devil tell you you're crippled and you can't run. Get up and run. Come on, in the spirit this morning, somebody ought to be running. You ought to be running with your prayer. You ought to be running with your praise. You ought to be running with your worship. Come on, release your faith this morning. I'm going to fight again. I'll be up. I'll be back up fighting again. It's been midnight for a long time, but joy cometh in the morning. Joy cometh in the morning. Come on, let God strengthen you this morning. Let God strengthen you this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
the Bible says to resist the devil and he will flee from you. Let me tell you how love casts out fear. It's because you resist fear by speaking the name of Jesus over whatever it is that brings fear into your life. All over this room right now, I want you to put your hands in the air and I want you to cast out fear in the name of the Lord. I want you to speak to the mountain of fear today and speak it by faith. In the name of Jesus, the mountain of fear in my life must go. The mountain that I'm dealing with must go in the name of Jesus. Name it this morning. Name it and cast it out. It must go in the name of Jesus. Fear must go today. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Every high thing Come on, speak the down. name of Jesus over. Every stronghold shall be broken. You wear the victor's crown. You overcome. You overcome. The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Speak the word over it. Speak the word over it.